Good morning. Welcome again to our Sunday service. Uh, last week, Pastor Chad uh, preached on Acts 9. This week, I'm going to be preaching on Acts 10. We're, we're doing a, a little bit of a rotation to give each other uh, a little bit of rest. We are in our series, Witnesses. I've really uh, enjoyed, I've personally grown from this series. And when we talk about the idea of witnesses, we're pointing to uh, not just the the action of going and, and sharing the gospel, but really of experiencing and being a part of what God is doing. Really, the idea of being witnesses is, is living in, in these different points um, of, of history, the history of what Jesus has done, but also in our own past, our testimony, what God has done in our life. Uh, but one of the things I've really learned uh, to, to live in is the idea of uh, the, the being a witness of the present. God, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? And how can I be a part of it? And that's one of the questions we're going to be asking today. But also being a witness is pointing people to the future that we have hope and that Jesus is coming to set this world uh, perfect again, back to his intended creation uh, to judge the living and the dead and to uh, bring his people uh, to himself. And so as we look at Acts chapter 10, we have a strong gospel presentation. Um, Peter really is, is witnessing, sharing the good news of people with the good news of Jesus with, with these people. And what he's doing here um, is, is radical for his culture. He's having a, a, a culture shift. You have two men, it almost for me plays like a, a little bit of a movie scene. You have these two men who are praying separately, Cornelius and Peter, and God communicates with both of them. With Cornelius, he sends an angel and, and, and tells him to go and get this man, Peter. And with uh, Peter, he, he gives him this vision of these previously unclean, forbidden animals that, that they that as Jewish people, they were not supposed to eat. And he says, kill and eat. And really it's a symbol of not of just now um, God's people uh, being able to eat different food, which that's the point for us where, where that has changed those dietary restrictions. But to say that uh, those divisions between what was clean and unclean people groups, those are all broken by the power of Jesus Christ. And so um, Peter walks into this moment and he's wary, but clearly the power of God is at work. And so there's this beautiful moment where Peter recognizes that he had put a limitation on who God would reach. And God breaks that door wide open for Peter. And there Cornelius and his whole household are baptized. And I, as I look at this, um, as I look at this passage, for me, it's relevancy to our time today where we have um, division, we have um, really uh, tension uh, amongst racial issues. That has not changed um, across the world. Really, that is an issue of the human heart. I think it speaks to the credibility of Scripture that that we didn't plan um a series during this time, knowing the events that would happen. I didn't, I planned to preach Acts 10 a long time ago on a Sunday uh, like this, but it speaks right now um, perfectly to the situation our world is going to. I think that speaks to the credibility of scripture because it's the creator who knows his creation's heart. Um, and, and we, as God's people need this message, um, 
in, in our own hearts. So the, the first thing I see here is changed hearts, changed the world. Um, really what was happening here is God is confronting a heart issue in Peter. And God is reaching out to uh, not just Cornelius's household, but he's reaching out to Peter as well. Uh, two men are being reached. Cornelius is being reached and, and salvation is entering his household. But Peter is growing as well. Man, I think about Peter and um, Peter is somebody who is filled and led with the Holy Spirit. Man, he is, he is now the leader of the church. You don't get more uh, anointed than Peter at this time. Man, I, I've never preached a sermon and had uh, 5,000 people get baptized on the spot. He's anointed by God. Or, or, or the stories of, of Peter walking by people and they would just be healed. Man, I've never walked through the aisles of the grocery store and, and, and people get healed in the produce, produce aisle. He was anointed by God's power. Yet his attitude, his heart towards the Gentiles had to be confronted and it had to be changed. Um, And in other words, to me, that is a strong uh, warning, a strong pause. This should be a moment where we stop and, and, and search our own hearts because what this is showing me is that you can be fully filled with the Holy Spirit, a believer. God can be using you to do amazing things, yet you could still be harboring prejudice in your heart. And so God wanted to change that. And if Peter did not confront his attitude towards the Gentiles, people who are not the Jewish people, as a leader of the church, he would have become a bottleneck for the gospel. But God wanted him to be a catalyst and not a lid for the gospel. He wanted his good news to reach the ends of the earth. This was God's heart from the very beginning. All through scripture, we see this truth that all nations would know the glory of God. Um, but his heart had to change first. His heart had to change first. Now, in, um, in everything going on today, one of the things that I've seen people say over and over um, in conversation on social media is that what is happening today uh, these these questions and these issues of uh, of racism, it's a heart issue. I keep I keep hearing that, and I and I agree with that. I think there is there is a a moment uh, right now that is happening that exposes our hearts. And if we are people who ask God, God, what are you doing, and how can I be aligned with you? How can I be a a witness to what you're doing? during this time, then we have to confront our hearts. But I think uh, what I see here as well is that heart issues are also hand issues. That means our action has to follow. To simply say, to simply say, this is a heart issue. People's hearts just need to change. People just, just need Jesus is to neglect the good news and being a witness. What if Peter had just said, yes, God, hopefully Cornelius changes or, or God or Peter uh, had a vision and said, yeah, you're right. I should, I should just um, be more friendly towards Gentiles. No, God sent him to do something. Um, And so heart issues are also hand issues. And for us today, as we look at issues um, specifically in our culture, like things like systematic racism and, and those 
issues that we're talking about. Yes, I want to confirm it is a heart issue. We need the Lord Jesus Christ. But we also need to, with our mouths, with our hands, with our feet, confront these, these things that are hurting our brothers and sisters. That's what, um, to borrow um, a, a phrase from a friend, that's what the gospel looks like, not just sounds like. Uh, Matthew six twenty one. this is what Jesus says. He says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And what Jesus is saying um, is where you invest, where you take action, your heart is going to follow. And so um, really what God is doing to change Peter's heart, he's not just speaking into Peter with this vision and saying, change your heart. I command you change your heart. But he's, but what he's doing is saying, Peter, I know in order for your heart to change, you have to see what I'm doing in people's lives that you uh, don't think about, that you don't understand. And so he exposes Peter to this family, this household, really of, of his enemies and says, look what I'm doing and look at the plan I have for them. And so as, as we pray that prayer, as we think about how to be witnesses in our time, um, I, I, I've learned that we have to not just pray, God change the world as, as we pray. But a lot of times we have to, to also make sure we're praying, God, change my heart so that I can be a person who goes and is your hands and feet in this world. But, but, but if we separate our heart and our actions, um, then, then we're really deceiving ourselves. We are asking the question as witnesses, God, what are you doing now and how can I be a part of it? And I think this is a, a crucial time in our country, in our history, where we need to also be asking ourselves, God, what are you doing? Is my heart where you want it to be? And also, God, are my actions aligned to where you need them to be? One of the most powerful things about this, the other thing I, I, I really see here um, in, in both men and as a theme through the, the book of Acts is humility and prayer is the open door. I don't think there can be any change in our hearts or in our actions unless there's humility and unless there's guidance from God. We see both those things happen. God instructs um, both men as they are in prayer. It is not a coincidence that that detail is included. And if you read all through the book of Acts, what you'll see is a theme that um, God's people are in prayer and then God pours out his power. And that is to say that these things are not done by great men who had great power. These things are done, and this is the other theme I see through the book of Acts, by ordinary men with the power of God. They are just witnesses. They are just present. They are just privileged to experience what God is doing. And so uh, humility as well is, is a big factor because um, pride blinds us to what God is doing. Pride blinds us to, to the truth of the reality around us. And so we see here Cornelius, who is a Roman official uh, in the ruling class. He has a, this, this wealthy household. But what does he do in this story? He sees Peter and, Pe and bows down to Peter. Cornelius displays humility and we can't overlook that because humility is the open door. And, and Peter reflects her back and says, listen, I'm just a man. Don't bow to me. Cornelius is in, is in, is in prayer. Peter is in prayer. Um, and 
the, the best listening posture to God is on our knees in prayer. That is how we can be a people of obedience and action is to have our ears, our hearts open to God. And so do not skip. If, if you want to see change in your life, if you want to see change in our world, then what the book of Acts teaches me is that if God's people humble themselves, if God's people prayer, that is a theme throughout all scripture. Pray, humble yourself. Pray, humble yourself. Without humility, without prayer, things do not change and our world won't change. And so we see this theme all through it. God moves with power when people change. And the miracle I see here, um, there's miracles all over the book of Acts, but the miracle I see here is less about people speaking in tongues and the outpouring of the gifts that that happen, but uh, more about what they signal. The miracle here, if you want to if you want to see the miracle where God pours out, we see it in, in, um, in Acts 10, 34 through 35. This is Peter's uh, con- humble confession of what he is a witness to at that moment. He says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. I want you to hear the subtlety and what he's saying here. He says, I now realize how true it is. I think what he's saying here is he's always known, he's read scripture, he's known, he's understood that it's true that God doesn't show favoritism. It's true that God wants to reach the whole world, but he now knows how really true that is. He now understands how fully God loves these people, that there is no separation between him as a Jew and them as a Gentile, that God is after people and their hearts and not their race. And so he's learning that lesson. The leader of the church is, is humbled himself enough to learn that lesson, confess that he was wrong right there and say, I've learned this. Thank you, Jesus. And lastly, I think the last thing I see in this, um, in this story is this powerful reconciliation that is taking place, that God has given this ministry of reconciliation. Um, Paul uh, writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 18, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And so what we see here is God is reconciling people back to himself, Cornelius's household. He's reconciling people to himself, but he's also reconciling brothers back together. He's saying the, the, the separation that you had Jew and Gentile, it is gone. I've reconciled you. And now you have this ministry of reconciliation. Peter I want you to know is being taken by the same army that has been responsible for persecuting the Jews that has been and occupying the Jews has been responsible for persecuting the church and will be increasingly persecuting the church. It's the same people who are crucify him upside down. That's who uh, God is reconciling. And so what is the depths of that statement? The old has gone and the new has come. I think as we um, 
as we come to the Lord and we are reconciled to him. We sometimes um, forget what it means that the old has gone. That Christ now in, 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 in Peter's gospel proclamation that he makes uh, in Cornelius' household, he says that Christ is Lord of all. And when he says that the old, Paul says that the old has gone and the new has come, he's saying there's a new way, a new order. You don't get to add this new identity on top of your other identities. It's all gone. So he's saying to them, the depths of this reconciliation is that your old affiliations, your old ideologies, your old stuff, it's all bowing to the lordship of Jesus Christ. That means your preferences, your hobbies, your politics, your culture, your social status, your finances, whatever you, you, you have in your old life, you now, it's gone and it's under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And I think that itself here, this reconciliation is the real miracle because I think it is so hard to humble ourselves and say, Lord Jesus, I'm a new creation. I'm part of a new family. And I put before you my, my own preferences, my own pride, my own politics, my own, um, you know, what, whatever uh, these big building blocks of our old identity are. They're gone. And we have a new and better um, identity in Jesus. That, the depths of that statement, the old has gone. I hope, I hope you'll meditate on that this week. What does it mean to be a new creation, to be reconciled in God's new family? You know, as I, as I read through um, the book of Acts, one of the things I, I realize over and over is that God has uh, these great purposes in mind. Um, I think of Paul, I think, uh, you know, before how he was Saul the persecutor and, and, and God saved him. And, and I would often say it this way a lot, but I was really struck this week as I, as I was reading um, through Acts uh, some more, I'd always think like, okay, God has saved Paul so that he can um, be a minister to the Gentiles. And I appreciate in this story that, that it gives us a new nuance. We don't really know um, Cornelius's task ahead. What we see here is that God loves this man who was seeking after him. And I think I don't want us to miss that. I, God doesn't love Cornelius, this outsider, for what he'll produce because he'll be a key political figure um, in, in helping Christianity. Um, but he just loves him. You know, I've been guilty of that for my own life. It, it, some of you know my story. Uh, I, I Muslim background, come from Egypt. I feel like, God, you've gone through great lengths to pursue somebody like me. So God, what is my task? What, what is, what is my destiny, God? Surely you want me to do something. And, and, and maybe God does, but what I've, what I've grown to start realizing is that maybe God just saved me for my own sake because he loves me so much that I'm made in the image of Jesus. And he loves me that much that just to save me, just to have me be part of his family is enough for him. And I think, I wonder what it would look like to have those same hearts 
as we look at our brothers and sisters and say, um, do away with tokenism, not like, oh, this would be a great person. You know, we really need to witness to this people group, but just love people for the sake of themselves because they're valuable, made in the image of God. God doesn't love us for what we'll produce and we should not love other people for what they will produce or what they will um, give in return. And so we see this powerful moment unfolding. God pours out his love and his Holy Spirit um, on the moment before they were even baptized um, as a sign, as a sign of what he wants to do and to reach the world. And Peter is witness to this. He's witnessing again the power and depths of God's love. And so it says that he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is a signal to say, listen, you are now under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You're part of our family. And so he preaches this gospel message. He says, listen, you know the news of the peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all, Lord of all things, Lord of all people. This is the gospel I want to share with you today. The God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power, and he healed and did good uh, and freed those that were under the bondage of the evil one. I want you to know um, that this Jesus was killed on a cross, not for, for crimes that he committed, but for, for really our crimes. That even though he died on that cross on the third day, um, he rose again and God caused him, it's scripture says, to be seen by over 500 people. And that he has commanded his people then to be witnesses, to testify to what he's done until he returns to judge the living and the dead. Paul, uh, Peter here preaches uh, this gospel story. And he says, listen, he says it this way. He says, all the prophets testify about him. And what Peter is saying is every part of history has been pointing to Jesus. And I believe that every part of your life and your longings and everything that you've gone through has brought you to the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe some of you for the first time as you hear this message. And here is the good news that everyone Everyone, regardless of your background, your race, your upbringing, your parenting, your social status, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. I love this story. I love this story because it takes a hero of the faith like Peter. And it shows us that Peter nearly misses God's plan. The story of Cornelius shows us how far God will go to reach the lost and how, and how far he'll go to include us in that mission. Simply, I, I think that, that this angel that, that God sent to Cornelius's household could have told him the good news. But what does God do? He sends a messenger to connect people because the ministry of reconciliation, I hope you don't miss this today. And I hope you don't miss this in what's going on in our world today is not just about reconciling us with God, but reconciling us with each other as God's people, as his family, as brothers and sisters. 
And so we ask ourselves the question, and I hope you're asking yourself the question is, God, what are you doing today? And how can I be a part of it? How can I be a witness to what you're doing? I ask you specifically, who are you today? Are you Peter who needs to hear uh, from God to reach out, to grow, to to further develop? Are you already a believer who needs to have the true heart of God, the true eyes of God, and the true hands and feet of Christ to to not only um, have a changed heart, a changed mind, but change actions, to walk in obedience? Maybe today you're listening and you're Cornelius, who God has been working on. And now it's your time. God has brought you to this moment so that you would hear this good news that the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord of all. He loves you and it doesn't matter what your past is because he has a beautiful present and future for you, a hope and a life and forgiveness of sin for you and a purpose for you. So as we end our time um, together, um, and I feel like um, it's welling up in me, this story, I feel like I want to continue to talk about it, but I, but I, want, to, I want to pause and I want to stop in our service here and I want to take a moment and pray. And I don't want to say too much. I want to leave room for the Holy Spirit to work um, through this. Would you take time as we pray and would you consider what God is doing today? in your heart and in your life and what he wants you to take part in uh, with your own hands, with your own feet. King Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, that you are Lord of all. We thank you that your love for us is boundless, God. We thank you that you love us for our own sake. We thank you, God, that you don't love us with strings attached. We thank you, God, that you include us and you let us be witnesses to your good news. So God, we put our hearts before you today and we ask God, would you search our hearts? God, if there's any unclean way in our hearts, God, if there's any uh, prejudice or pride, God, would you pluck it out? Rebuke us, God. God, be gentle with us, God. Um, we, We come before you, God, with humility, asking God, would you do the work that you want to do in our own hearts and lives. And God, I pray right now uh, for those who are, are, are hearing the gospel message, maybe for the first time or maybe fresh for the first time, God, I pray that they would know the depths of your love. God, how wide, deep, high is your love for them, God. I pray that uh, we would all understand together that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, God. Would you help us ponder Um, how profound that statement is that the old has gone and that the new has come. God, we pray right now, God, and we consider our our world and our time, our city, God, and we ask, God, that um, we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers, God, of your word, that we'd be people of obedience, God, that we would not just be a people of an ideology, God, uh, a people of a changed mind, God, uh, but a people of a changed mind, a changed heart, and, and, and changed actions, Lord God. God, I pray for our church, God, that we would be humble, God, and that we would be a people of prayer so that your power can move, God, in our lives 
and in this city, God. I pray for endurance, God, as we continue to wait um, to, to gather back together safely, God. I pray uh, for encouragement, God. I pray for those who are in mourning during this time, who've lost uh, family, friends, or, 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 or their jobs, God. Would you comfort them, God? And as a church, God, would you help us uh, love our brothers and sisters during this time? In Jesus' name.
Every week when we um, gather to read God's word, to talk about God's word, to worship him together as, as his church, we also uh, build in this moment to, in obedience, participate in the Lord's Supper. And it's not an accident that, that Jesus has set up these elements and given us this command. Uh, believers all around the world are doing this. This is a sign of our unity. But even the elements uh, is a sign of our identity. There's something powerful when Jesus says, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood poured out for your forgiveness. Um, Because in that way, as we ingest it, this this kind of internal action, uh, it it is to say that we are now of one blood. We are now of one body. That our nourishment and life and our source is in Jesus. That the that the, the root and, and, and uh, branch that we are on the family tree all derives from Jesus. And it is this, this, um, this constant reminder, and there's a reason we repeat it over and over and over and over, um, because it's relevant every time. We need to come back to the table. We need to say we are a family, we are united, and we are under Christ who is Lord of all. So together, let's celebrate and let's remember Christ's body broken for us. And his blood poured out for the forgiveness of all mankind. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us in service today. I hope it was a blessing to you. Uh, Would you join us afterwards? in our Zoom cafe.